This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Ooh, savage. I like to keep it real simple. It's Wednesday. We know what time it is. Simply Savage. Oh, my goodness. This week, I'm in awe of everything that she has done. This week, we have Stacey Rukeyser with us. I'm going to let you tell everybody some of the things that you have worked on. There's a spicy one we're going to really get into. Stacy, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, so Sex Life on Netflix is the show that I created and, um, and that I run now. We just started our second season. Our second season just launched. Um, I've been a TV writer for over 20 years, and I worked my way up the ladder I started on a show called Without a Trace that everyone, including you, is too young to know about. (laughs) Wait, uh, I might surprise you with my age. I might know that one. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, I came on up and I worked on some YA shows. I worked on One Tree Hill and The Lion Game and and the TV version of Crash and and uh, and then I was uh, working on Unreal, which was sort of my second favorite show second to sex life which started on lifetime and is and then went to hulu and it's on hulu um and then sex life is the first show that i created myself as well as running it so it's my baby that looks and feels and smells exactly the way that i want it to (laughs) so how long have you been out there like how long have you been writing producing when did you start yeah long time (laughs) (laughs) so i um I mean, I guess you can find my age on the internet, so it's like not a secret. But, I, I don't know why uh, people hide it. People are like, what's your age? Oh, I shouldn't ask a lady. I'm like, you know what? At this point, it's everywhere. So yeah, you can't. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as I said, I've been working as a TV writer for, for just over 20 years. And then there were Amazing. four years before that when I was trying to be a writer and was trying to sell stuff and trying to get jobs. And I wasn't getting jobs. And, and, and I was. Uh, tutoring kids to make money and I was waitressing to make money and then before that I had a former life as an actress Um, uh, first in New York City um, I went to sort of two years of of drama school after college and then I did a lot of really great theater that really does not pay any money (laughs) it's very hard to to be a theater actor in New York and so then I came out to LA and, um, and I was doing, you know, some small things, but, but it was an agent of mine, an an acting agent of mine who said, have you ever thought about writing anything? And, um, and I did have this idea for, it was for a film at that time. And he was, he was great. He gave me great license. He was like, write it, just write it. Even if it's shitty, just write it. Um, And then he was like a total agent because he was like, just take two weeks. And write it. And um, <laughs> it did not just take two weeks, but but the experience that I had writing that was really personally transformative. And I felt like I was like 
snapping back into who I really was as a person. And, you know, when I'd come out to LA and was trying to be an actress, like my hair was getting highlighted and I became like blonder and blonder and blonder until the point when people would be like talking about, oh, the blonde. And I was like, who are they talking about? And they're like, oh, they're talking about you. Um, and so the same week that I finished writing that script and I had had this whole like realization of this is what I should be doing with my life. I dyed my hair back to brown. It was like I was snapping back into who I, I really was. That's a trend right now uh, over on TikTok. I'm sure it's on every platform, but it's like, this is me and this is me one year into LA or one year into Florida. And it's like oh, a whole funny. different, and they all look the same at the end. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. And it's, insid- it's insidious because you don't realize it's happening. You're like, I just have highlights, you know? <laughs> right. And then suddenly you're like, no, you're Marilyn fucking Monroe. <laughs> you're here now, you know? <laughs> So I, um, I shouldn't move to LA is what you're no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, some people love that, you know what I mean? And also PS my mom went totally blonde when she, you know, started getting more and more gray. She looks fantastic now. She's like a bombshell with the blonde. So that day is coming. Let's just That's say. how it's my mom yes, my mom's the same way. I'm like, you had brown hair, but she is blonde now because of, you know, the gray. Yeah. She's total and I'm like, that just works for you and I don't even remember the brown anymore. yeah oh that's good i'm oh, holding on good. to my that's red good. as long as i can <laughs> yes yes as long as i can i'm doing it thank you so do you feel that being an actress that really helped you when it came to the writing side of things like you could understand a little bit i do feel that it really helps me yeah i mean first of all when i'm writing i say everything out loud so i'm sort of like acting it out in you know by my computer and in fact i was at my kids um chess tournament just to be totally nerdy on um, Sunday <laughs> and I was like sitting you know with the other moms like we wait for our kids to come back out from their from their thing and I was like you know trying to work on something and and I was realized oh my god I've been like, saying this out loud with the other moms like right here it was not sex life so <laughs> I was like oh my so, god you probably had like a yeah. whole audience right around you like what <laughs> note taking <I> <laughs> Um, but I do feel like I understand sort of the moments and, and, and what, what an actor can bring to a piece, you know, which is so much. And so what you don't have to put in the writing and what can sort of live underneath the, the dialogue just from their essence of, of being. And, you know, Sarah Shahi is so incredible at that on, on sex. Like there's, there's always so much sort of turmoil going on underneath and that, you know, because oftentimes we don't say what we mean, you know, it's like we say something, but then you're relying on the actor to convey Mm -hmm. that is not the truth, (laughs) you know, whether they know it, or if they don't know it, you know, there's more, there's more underneath. Well, I love, okay, first of all, I have a picture of you just like being Shakespeare, right? As you're like acting (laughs) out your script. (laughs) That's like what's in my mind right now. That's awesome. Put it in sweatpants (laughs) with like no shower and hair and a messy bun. And like, that's a little more accurate. I love it. I love it. Well, I think, okay, here she is acting things out. And this is the first time I've ever really processed this, that as that writer, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, even down to the facial expressions, like I know what I want with that. That's amazing to me. That there's that connection that you're okay. I- I'm writing this. I'm feeling this. I know this. And so when this person is conveying my story, aka my writing, mm-hmm. there's all of these pieces and parts that go to it. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, I mean that's for sure. I mean, look, I there's all there are always surprises when an actor brings their full self to to a piece there are things you never even imagined and it can be even better you know and and I think also the thing that's sometimes hard for for writers or any creative person is that when you imagine something in your mind it's in that perfect world that's the ethereal world of your mind you know and then when it comes into the physical universe (laughs) there's always like a little bit of it gets like downgraded just a little bit because it has to be here, it's not this like ideal that you had in your head, you know, but once you sort of let that go and you see what it is with real people and real sets and real costumes and locations and everything, it can be even greater than what you imagined, you know, and television is such a collaborative 
art form you know it's like there's so hundreds of people have put their creativity into this show and have their stamp on the show I think um, Stacey's figured so it exciting. out for me this is why I'm single it's because I'm really a writer <laughs> I'm a writer and there's a vision I haven't <laughs> yeah. and I've yet to find the person that <laughs> That's so funny. Well, do you do the thing where you write down the things that you're looking for in a guy? Like maybe this is very California, but this is what we all do out here. Like if you get to a certain age and you haven't found the guy. And let me just say, I met my husband when I was 37. Okay. So um, I had a list that was like four pages back in front, single spaced. Okay. (laughs) I found my people. (laughs) But yeah. But my husband, who had also been told by his California friends, like, you know, write down what you're looking for in a woman and, you know, and manifest it or whatever. At least it gets it out of your head and it's clear. Like he had like seven things on his list, which was very sweet. Um, but at the, at a certain point also, you have to sort of prioritize and go like, right. what are the things that I really, really need? And what are the things that I could let go? I mean, I was down to like, he likes eating shellfish. I mean, it was absurd, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know why. I think I had a bad experience with a boyfriend who who didn't like shellfish and I missed it or something. I don't even know where that came from. But uh, that is definitely I mean, oddly specific. But <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I do look. I do believe getting anything out of your head and out on paper is is helpful. You know, because we can just do a number on ourselves and spin and spin and spin. Sure. Um, so I'll be curious if you do a list how many pages it is. You know, I will I will put my list down and I will message you and let you know. Okay, I don't good. know if I'll, okay, I should. Good. Should I add shellfish? Maybe. Maybe that's what I'm missing. <laughs> maybe that's what I'm but missing. But I mean, like, that's that's the thing I also love about about sex life, about the effect that it's having on women is that it's making them really think, what is it that I want? Yes. You know, and it's and sometimes it's it changes over the course of your life, mm-hmm. you know, and like for me, when I met my husband, like I said, I was 37. And I had really gotten to the place where I thought it's it's probably not going to happen for me this time around. Like I'm I'm probably not going to meet the guy. I'm I'm probably not going to have kids, and that's okay. Like my career is going great, and I have a great nephew, and he'll be the one to be with me on my deathbed. <laughs> and and I really had sort of really gotten okay with this. And I I bought a condo and I decorated the condo exactly how I wanted, which was totally girly and like very sparkly and you know and and lots of colors and everything. And then, of course, within like a very short period of time, I met my husband and um, and within like a week of dating, uh, he asked me, he said, um, well, do you want to have kids? And I really had gotten my head around to the other side, but I could tell that he was asking because he wanted to have kids. So I was like, oh, my God, totally. Yeah, so much. You know? <laughs> and um and anyway, you know, things change, but I, I just am really trying to encourage women to really honor their desires, whatever they are, whether mm-hmm. it's to be a mom or whether it's to work or whether it's to have sexy time or, or whatever it is for them, you know, just to, to really honor that and to nurture that and to, to encourage partners that they need to honor that in their partner if they want to have a happy life because if you don't have a happy partner right. you're not going to have a happy life and so this is why I'm happy to have you because <laughs> I, I genuinely feel like well we, we need to take a step back in, in a second and you can describe the show because mm-hmm. I think this is important for people who have never heard of it which is probably just two yep. or three people not a lot but if you <laughs> haven't heard of it uh we're, we're going to talk about that but I feel like this show just right through the heart on so many women. It's like Aww, you're in in awesome. their head, you're in their heart. So let's go ahead. I, I don't want to keep hyping up. You tell us your best explanation of what you have yeah. created. Yeah. So Sex Life is about a wife and mom who is living in the suburbs. And, you know, she's just had her second, her second baby. So she's sort of what I call in the shit, you know, she's mm-hmm. up all night, <laughs> she's breastfeeding, <laughs> she's exhausted. And she starts to long for those sort of her wild child single in the city days, um, back in the city and, and, and with her impossibly sexy ex-boyfriend, Brad. And she starts to wonder, like, where did that girl go? And so she starts to write in her journal about those wild child sexy time days. 
and her impossibly sexy ex-boyfriend, Brad. And then her husband reads her journal. And he had no idea, first of all, that she had been such a wild child in the city. Um, but also he did not know that she was unhappy, really. Mm. And so, you know, he starts trying to act out what she has written about from the past and trying to give her what she wants, which is very, very sweet. Um, but of course it's also really freaking weird to feel like you're competing against another guy right. from her past. Like you have to do something to be, you know, sexier or more acceptable and, um, drama ensues. Um, especially when Brad, her impossibly sexy ex-boyfriend from the past turns up in the present again. And, um, you know, without ruining too much, it's that fantasy of, He's still madly in love with her uh, and he has fixed all of the problems that made it impossible for them to be together before. So the whole first season is really like a will she or won't she between her husband and her ex-boyfriend. And um, anyway, and then she makes the big takes a big chance at the end of season one. And then we pick up in season two. Um, but we can't sort of forget. Yeah. We can't forget yes. season one. It was all over social media. <laughs> <laughs> Episode three. I don't three. know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh-huh. Episode yeah, yeah. three. 1950 mm-hmm. seconds in. Okay, you got the time code. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the quintessential shower scene where yes. he turns, and I think everyone in the world is like, that is the biggest penis I've seen in my life. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, I always say, I mean, as a sort of a joke, I was like, I've been really surprised by all this talk about the size. I mean, maybe it's just who I'm married to, but like, doesn't every guy look like that? <laughs> we just had this um, discussion. We were out at a bar and we had this discussion and we were hanging out with someone and they were like, Oh, yeah, I have a size 12 shoe. And my friend and I started laughing because she's like, Heather, I don't know what it is with you. Guys with large penises just attract to you. I'm like, I know, but I I don't. That's not what I really want. (laughs) Well, but by the way, like, you know, it's not a problem if that's on your list. But um, listen, I I just don't want one that hangs down to the floor. Right. Like, okay, that's not something that. (laughs) No. Yeah, there is a sweet spot. But what I, what I will say about the whole sort of journey to the shower scene um, is that, you know, it really, it did not come from a place of like, we got to make some moment that people are going to clip on TikTok. Like we were very, I think, surprised by that. I mean, you get so used to writing this kind of material and shooting sure. this kind of material that you sort of get used to it. And then the, the episode, I mean, the whole season goes out and people are like, oh, my God, it's so sexy. There's so much sex. And I'm like, oh, right. OK, yeah, it is a lot. Um, but but with that scene specifically, like we were in this episode that was all about Cooper, the husband's obsession with who is this guy that my wife is is writing in her journal about and is obsessed with. And so she he goes to, you know, first he goes straight to the guy's office. He's going to, you know, confront him and, and find out head on. But he's just leaving just when he gets there. And so he's like, am I going to follow this guy? Oh, my God, I'm going to follow this guy. And he sort of <laughs> hates himself that suddenly he's like stalking his wife's ex, ex-boyfriend. But at each step of the way, he's like, fuck it, I'm still going. And so the ex-boyfriend goes into the gym and he's like going into the gym. And the ex-boyfriend <laughs> is working out. And so is the husband working out so that he can keep an eye on him. And then he goes into the shower and he's like, am I going to go into the shower? Fuck, I'm going into the shower. (laughs) And then it's the moment of, am I going to look? And I mean, I really feel that the scene works so well because of of Mike Vogel, who plays Cooper, the husband. I mean, his reactions, I feel like, are what really sell it. But so the whole intention was that he does look and what he sees is intimidating. You know, it, it really was meant from a story perspective to make him go like, fuck my life basically um, <laughs> how am I gonna compete and with that so, yeah and so you know I used to um I you know and and so anyway that was that was that was where that whole thing sort of came from and 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 I'm glad that it had that effect where well listen you never on social world. media you never know what's gonna pop off 
literally. <laughs> like That's you never true. know. <laughs> you just don't know. That's true. Did That's you have true. to interview? Like, was it really that guy? Or like before you started, we're like, I need someone with a really large penis. <laughs> like, did you have to yeah, be, like, take your pants down to everyone? And like, you literally had yeah. to like, or did you have to yeah, ask that? Yeah, that is not how it works. Oh, yeah. okay. Because I'm mean, like, it's, that's it's awkward. Funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny because what I used to say about whether it's a prosthetic or not is what Adam Demos always said, which he's the actor who plays Brad. And he always said, a gentleman never tells. Um, but just oh. recently, I saw him in The Hollywood Reporter out loud and proud saying, I think everyone knows by now that it was a prosthetic. So okay, wait, can... my mind is blown right now. So, yeah. Are you telling me that some of these movies, th- this isn't real? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, and I think you can go down a Google rabbit hole and who knows um, what's correct or not. But I think that there are lists of shows where it's a prosthetic and where it's real. Of You know um, what? Of course there are. Because it's like <laughs> the, everyone on social media, they are like investigators. So that does not surprise yeah. me that they would know. Well, no, there's a freckle right there. Like, it does not surprise me yeah. that they would not yeah. know. Yeah. What. I mean, look, for us, we really uh, wanted to make it comfortable for Adam, who's the who's the you know who plays the the ex-boyfriend and we have an intimacy coordinator which is this new role in hollywood where um there's someone who is the safe space for the actors yeah you know because there's a real power dynamic like i'm technically the boss and so an actor sometimes wants to make the boss happy or whatever um but we really wanted to save him and anyone Mm -hmm. from the conversation of like so here's the story point and here's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to be really intimidating so you got the goods or should we go with the prosthetic and so we just never ever went that way it was always just going to be a prosthetic and we have an incredible team you know miles dale who's um the other one of the other executive producers on the show he works with guillermo del toro all the time so the prosthetics people are the people from Guillermo del Toro's like creature shop, basically. So um, they're not usually doing these kinds of creatures, um, <laughs> but they certainly did a great you want job. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I will say the other thing that they did in the first season, which I, you know, have talked about, is that so so Sarah Shahi, who plays the wife and mom, and as I said, so she's still breastfeeding her her second baby when we need her in real life in now like her Sarah Shahi is not breastfeeding kids so her breasts did not look authentic for a woman who is breastfeeding a baby Mm -hmm. and as a mom myself and as someone who's breastfed myself I knew that's not real and and it's so important to me on this show which is like so much from the female perspective and so much about the female experience that there was authenticity to that sort of thing so her breasts when you're seeing them in what's the present day of the show, those are prosthetics as well. And, um, and, and That's then, amazing you know, when she's me. in the past, it's not, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I think and, that would make them feel comfortable because, you know, being in the entertainment industry, not that entertainment industry, but just being like an entertainer in general, people notice differences, right? If, if you change. And so yeah. that I feel like that would be a little less pressure because it's not like, I mean, I nursed and they were awesome and I wish I could have kept them <laughs> forever. <laughs> but, That's you know, true. you don't want that pressure things, of, oh, my happen. goodness, how am I going to recreate because that's almost it's impossible. So the, I feel like yeah. that's a good thing that you guys have those prosthetics that will allow that forgiveness. Totally. And, you know, look, it's like a four hour process to get those things on. It's like a hard thing for the actor. And and oh there was God. a point, you know, when the first season came out that I was like, is anyone noticing this? Like, is anyone is was this worth it? You know, but of course I know. And that's right. important to me. And that's you know, why your work's so internet, quality, though. Let's be oh, honest. Thank you. Really? Yeah. But you do, you know, people go off on stuff, you know, on, on Twitter or whatever. And I'm sure we would have gotten the whole like, that's not what people who are breastfeeding look <laughs> right. like, you know. So can't, you know, you got to be on your toes. What I love about this show is is kind of what we talked about earlier. It is It is resonating with women. I know in my last marriage, it was okay. I realized when I started thinking about, hmm, this is missing, that is missing, 
what about like past lovers? You know, we're just being honest here. I mean, I, I'm just mm-hmm. being open about it because when you don't have that and you are in the shit, right? You're you're a mom and you're you're just a mom and you're just a wife. And so many people out there, so many of my I don't like to say followers, my family, my savage family, so many people that hits home. I put up a post okay. about, hey, this lady was upset because it was her birthday. And she said, I do for everyone. I make birthdays huge. I do this. I do that. And she was like, no one's even celebrating my birthday today for me. Oh, man. And it's like, oh, man. whoa, that is horrible. And just the amount of comments in her comment section. And then when I reposted it, I said, let's go give her some love. The amount of people I said, this is going to hit home because it hits home with me. It's like yeah. this sisterhood that just comes together. And I see that yeah. for your show Aww. that people are just like, That's awesome. man, that resonates with me. Man, I wish I could have that passion back. Because you know what? Just because we have a kid and we're someone's wife doesn't mean we like die inside. Like we still want, <laughs> like I I like having sex. I love that part of it. So when, when that shifts over into not, you're like, wow, where did this go? How can I get this back? I, I want yeah. that pre-mom, pre-wife you know, wife thing again. Totally. Totally. And, you know, moms are not always encouraged <laughs> to nurture that part of themselves. I no. mean, I will say that it's like it, it feels that martyrdom is the ideal for mothers. Like, yes, you make your birthdays for everyone else. You make everybody, you know, mm-hmm. you take care of everybody, everybody else when they're sick. And, you know, everybody has their lunches and their homework is done and they're picked up from baseball or whatever the things are, you mm-hmm. know, um, and you're supposed to just feel grateful And look, I feel incredibly grateful for my two kids and that they're healthy. Um, I do feel incredibly grateful. I think what we're trying to say is it's possible to feel incredibly grateful and to still want more and to still miss this other part of yourself. And that's, you know, look, it's a tall order to say, like, you got to do all the lunches and the pickups (laughs) and the, you know, all of that stuff. Plus, Also, find time to make yourself feel however you want to feel or that part of yourself that you're missing, you know, and that's different for everybody. Like for me in the show, like Billy, you know, when when she's unhappy and and all of that, like the first thing her her best friend says is like, you clearly have too much time on your hands. And she was like, you need to go back to work. And like, for some people, it is like, you should go back to work. And for some people, that is absolutely not what they want. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's like about a date night, or it's about, you know, a staycation or, you know, anything like that. I had the time like, you know, Billy had I I had the Oh, well, you know what? (laughs) It's time to like go get freaky deaky. So I (laughs) I had that and I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is wakening something up in me that I have been wanting for a while and desiring. So that's why I just love this, the sex life so much, because it is real, even though like you're running it, it is real. So many people can put themselves and drop themselves right into that that main character and be like, this is me. 100%. 100%. So thank that's you awesome. for writing this yeah. for us. Aww. And continue. Totally. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, I, I do want to say just about the whole, like, are we encouraging people to get divorced? Because, you know, I've, I've, I hear, I hear that sometimes from very angry people on Twitter. Really? And uh, hmm. what I will say is that's not, that's not the case. I mean, first of all, communication is so key. And, this season we have this great episode between Billy, our main character and her mom who has been so judgmental uh, Billy's whole life. And you sort of learn what is her mom's own trauma that happened Mm -hmm. and why her mom was encouraging her the way she was encouraging her. But the problem was, is that Billy had her mom's voice in her head all the time. And so she did hide parts of herself. Yeah from the guy she was going to marry. And so she was not honest with herself or with him. And so that's a problem. And, and, you know, I say like who you choose to spend your life with is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. And I really, really believe that. And if you can't, if you're not yet at a place where you can be honest with yourself, it doesn't even matter who it is that you're picking, you know, but, um, but then once you pick that person, you know, the communication is, is really, really important. And, and look, this is the TV show. This is the fairy tale also about like the one who got away and all of that kind of stuff. But in the real world, not always, but it is possible if you've picked a great guy 
and you're honest with him and you say, Hey, this is what's going on with me. I do believe there are a lot of guys who would be like, what can we do? Right. How do I, how do I fix this? I, I agree. I think that our age group, I'm a Gen Xer, like our age group, I feel like we are finally starting that trend of speaking out a little bit and saying, hold mm-hmm. on a second. It's not like my mom or my grandmother, you know, the examples that we had where they just sucked it up and dealt with it and suppressed right. and never talked about it. And I'm like, right. you know, I want my husband to grab me and throw me around and do things. You know what I mean? I want that. Like, I, and I don't necessarily want to be like, hey, um, tomorrow at four o'clock, can you please um, throw me around the room? Like, you know, I don't want that either. So it's like you are you were stuck in that spot of like your grandmother, your mother in your head of, no, it's fine. You just, you, you just keep dealing with it. You just stay with them, whatever. So I'm hoping that by us speaking out as Gen Xers that we're yeah. starting this trend of, you know what, we aren't going to sit and live in an unhappy relationship. You have a choice yeah. to communicate. You you know, you have those choices. So when we had talked about you coming, I was like, yes, this is awesome. Like, she's my people. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. So let's talk real quick about, is it difficult as a writer, producer in what was a man's world, right? Like, <laughs> how difficult is that? Do you have any advice for young female writers coming up? Yeah. I mean, I will say things are changing. You know, when I started out, uh, it, there was there were many fewer female TV writers. And um, often I would get the call from my agent that would say they're looking for a female writer. Mm-hmm. And naively, I was like, oh, my gosh, great. They're looking for a female writer. I could be that female writer. And I didn't sort of realize, well, it's because they've already hired 10 dudes, you know, and now they can't just, they need one. And so, um, you know, there was definitely a time when I would try to pitch stories for, especially for female characters that felt really authentic to Mm -hmm. me and personal to me. And it was hard to get traction because they're, they're so personal that like the guy writers or the guy boss is sort of like, what now? We're not doing that. That's crazy. You know? Um, And then in terms of like creating whole shows with female protagonists and from the female point of view, that's also a relatively new thing to see in such abundance because I've certainly pitched shows in the past and been told it's too female. And, and, you know, even though women are such a huge part of the television audience, but, um, but, I, you know, I've been told that. And so now it's sort of with the explosion of the streamers and there are so many more outlets, there is a chance. And it's not just in terms of gender diversity, but it's all kinds of diversity. There's all kinds of stories now that are that are being told, which is really exciting and, and getting to hear, you know, from people and and other points of view and experiences. Um, but ultimately, I mean, look, it's still I do have to say that the shows that are considered high art, you know, prestige, critically acclaimed things, the vast majority of those have male protagonists. And there is still something in ingrained in our society that sort of ghettoizes female stories that are about the female experience. And you see that not only just in terms of sort of the prestige factor, but also in terms of what shows really get promoted. Um, and so there's, you know, it's still challenging, but at the, at the same time, I feel so incredibly fortunate. I mean, just to have the opportunity to tell this story and, and to have the support from Netflix that it is so female forward and it is so much about the female point of view. And it is so personal to me, you know, and that there's, there's lots of fun and there's sexy guys and there's nudity and there's all of that. All the things um, we love. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and big twists and turns and big, oh my God, moments and yes. all of that. But there are also really important themes underneath about the female experience, which you, what you've been talking mm-hmm. you know, about. And, and I've never sort of gotten the note of like, please stop saying that, you know? So that's, that's been incredibly fortunate. And, you know, look, the advice that I would give to young female writers is sort of the same I would give to a a male writer too, which is just, I really believe that you should write from an incredibly personal place. I mean, 
you know, I do believe that the more personal you get, the more it's going to resonate with other people. I mean, of course you hope like you're, you're, you're saying like, does anybody else feel this way? Does Mm -hmm. anybody else experience that? But I do believe that's the only way you're going to get to something new and that is uniquely yours. And, um, and to trust in that and to trust, like, you know, some people say like, well, I wasn't abandoned as a child and I didn't suffer through war or whatever was the trauma, you know, that people feel like they have to have to write a story, but I don't believe those are the only stories that are out there, you know? And I also believe like, you know, this is, it's so, it's so great to be able to be a writer or really an artist of any kind, because it is your job to observe the world and say something about it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the only thing that really sort of, I mean, we all felt this, this, I think, especially in the pandemic, it's like, you know, what is life without that sort of escape and without right, those, right. whether it's books or movies or TV shows or something that, mm-hmm. that are, that are, you know, sort of reflecting our experience and telling us about life and giving us people to live through and, and versions of life to live through. And so, um, and so I, I feel like, you know, look, it's a hard business. Hollywood is a killer. Okay. And it's like, why you also got to celebrate the wins whenever they come, even if it's just, you're getting up to like, you know, 500 feet on the mountain and there's still like 10,000 feet to go. You got to celebrate all those wins because it's a killer, but the reward is really exciting. I mean, to have an effect on people, to have people say like, I've really been moved. I see myself in your yeah. show. Like I'm really inspired. Like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like that's, that's that's the purpose of life in a way. Well, I, that's why I was kind of curious because looking back in the conversation that we just had about listening to your mom, listening to your grandma, listening to those things, it almost felt like there were a lot of male writers, which is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. But it's now kind of taking this this turn of, wait, there are more things that resonate with me now on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So it makes that's me great. wonder like, oh, well, wait a minute, Stacy female creator really dove in and is like looking into my head and looking into my soul here. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like, it would be really cool to have more women writers that really are able to connect with us. I'm not saying that men never do. Don't, don't hear that because I know people will put something in their own head. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as things are turning and as we are getting older and we are being more open I feel like we're almost cracking these codes of, yeah, it's okay. Let's talk about it. It's okay. We have these desires. It's okay. This. So I just, I, I was kind of wondering, cause I was wondering if there was kind of a little shift of more female yeah. writers coming in. So no yeah. hate or shade yeah. on anyone <laughs> at all. <laughs> so what would you tell that? I do have a good amount of people that, I mean, in life, right? People will go through their divorces and they go through changes. What would you tell someone? They might be a single parent. They want to kind of shift and move and, and they're doing it on their own. They've got a, they've got a career they need to tend to. What message can we kind of tell some moms out there right now that they can do it all? Because <laughs> you seem like you can do it all too. So, Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I have a lot of help. I do have a husband um, and, and we do have childcare as well. So, I mean, like, let's not, let's not, uh, sort of gloss over what it really takes to be able, sure. you know, to do this. And I, you know, but even more importantly than just having another set of hands, like I have a partner who is so supportive of my goals and my dreams, you know, and that, and like I said, I didn't meet him till I was 37. I didn't get married till I was 40. Like I was not like, I was holding out for the right thing. So, but as someone who you're describing is sort of a little bit past that point, I mean, I would say what my mother always said to me when you're in something like that, which is please be good to yourself right now, you know, be kind to yourself. And part of that is, is really listening to yourself. Like what is going to make you happy? Like I, I can remember when I uh, would drop my kids off at, uh, at nursery school and some of the other moms were like, Oh my God, look at them. They're so incredible. Doesn't it just like break your heart, like straight open. Um, like right in the moment where I was like, okay, you got your lunch. Okay. You're ready to go. Okay. I'm going to go to work or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm the worst mom ever. Like that. I'm not standing here having this like, you know, heart swell moment. I'm, you know, like in the practical day to day of it all. 
and they're like constantly enamored with their kids or whatever. And so I started to judge myself in a way as a mom, you know, and like I said, I love my fucking children. Like, you know, I still like my kids are 11 and eight. Now I lie in bed next to them every night and we have the deepest conversations and I adore these people. And I do feel like my life is so much bigger and better than it ever was without them, you know, but I also was going to go to work, you know, and fulfill that other part of myself. And so I think it's really important to be kind to yourself and to be good to yourself and, um, and to just really listen to yourself, like, what is it that is going to make you feel great, you know, and by the way, it's also okay to like, try some things and go like, that ain't it, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, I know plenty of women who are like, I think I want to quit my job, like, I'm not getting to see my kids enough. And like, that's great. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. It's like, you know, and I've often said that I've said, like, I think I would like to be a stay at home mom. And I, I want to see my kids more. And, and, and my husband would be like, oh, you would be miserable, like, you know, <laughs> right, in right. like in two seconds. I said, well, I would like the chance to find that out Try for myself. It. Sure. You know, sure. and so I would just encourage women like, you know, who you are and especially women who feel like they're missing some piece of themselves of who they used to be. Mm-hmm. I would say that girl is still in there and you can be whoever you want to be. And 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 all of those parts of you are valuable and and look for ways to nurture that girl, you know, because she's still there and she deserves a chance. I love that. I love that so much. I told you it'd be about 30 minutes and I think we're already at like 40. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I feel so, so bad. I'm sorry. I always I don't wanna no, no, I don't wanna no, keep you. I know okay. you're I know I know that you're busy. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. I will ask a very, very quick teaser on this one and then we're gonna do our Savage Seven. What will next season bring? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we're hoping that there is a third season. You know, who do I um, need to call right now to make like? Yeah, (laughs) there are several executives at Netflix. We'll, we'll, I'll give you the list. Okay, sounds good. You send me your list of uh, (laughs) what you're looking for in a guy. I'll, I'll send you the list. It just might happen to be one of those. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, but uh, you know, look, it's we got all of the characters. Uh, to a really meaningful place this season. And that was important to me. And I always said we were telling a fairy tale. Um, and and I wanted to get each of these characters to their own sort of version of a, of a happy ever after for now. And I always mm-hmm. say for now, because there are always more stories to tell with these characters and in the sex life universe. And we have a lot of ideas of what that would be, which I won't spoil for you. But, you know, these... Um, you know, these issues of like, how do you find your way, you know, as a woman and as a wife and mom, and how do you balance all of this? How do you balance sex and life? Um, those stories are never going to end. <laughs> so there's, well, there's good. I'm, exci- more. I'm excited. Yes. Thank you. Well, just give me the list. No problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the Savage fam on. <laughs> all That's right. Awesome. Now we are at the point where we do the Savage Seven. Okay. So for new people out there, Savage Seven, seven rapid fire questions. Stacy will get one and only one skip. So she has to choose okay. that wisely. Are we ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. First question. Are there any episodes based on your real life? <laughs> uh, there are parts of every episode that are based on my real life. Ooh, <laughs> dang it. I should have said which one, but I did it. I did it. So that's fair. <laughs> okay. Next question. If you could pick any actor or actress to just come in and drop in on an episode, who would you love to have come in? Kate Blanchett. Oh. <laughs> I mean, she's available, right? She's only nominated for Oscars and stuff. But right, right, right. I'll put her on my list. Uh, I'll call her too. Her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The scene that we talked about, the spicy scene earlier, if you, not that you wanted to replace him, but if you could replace him with one major actor, who would you see in that role? Just the shower scene. My darling Adam Pimos. Well, um, <laughs> I would never replace him. Right. No, we don't want to replace you. This is just hypothetically speaking. I mean, I'm having a Pedro Pascal moment right now. I freaking love him. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I'm having a Pedro Pascal moment. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll we'll take it. Next question. An embarrassing moment that happened on set. 
Mm, embarrassing on that outside. Well, I mean, I can tell you now that like Adam is talking about it. When we were figuring out the prosthetic for that scene, mm-hmm. there was a lot of uh, sizing that happens. I'll put it that way. Okay. And you you pick from a model, <laughs> and then you have to see it sort of up against the actor, right? And see like is this right or not? And so the first time we did that, we were on location in like a restaurant, and so. Um, we just went to the bathroom, basically, of the restaurant that we're in. It was me, and it was, uh, I think, Casey, our intimacy coordinator, was there, and I think also the director. And we were like, okay, that's way too big. Um, so let me just say that what ended up being in the show is sized down from where we started. Okay. <laughs> so, so we've uh, learned something about Stacey and her. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that moment in the bathroom, I mean, look, Adam and I have worked together before we worked on Unreal together. So we're old friends. So that helps make it slightly less embarrassing. But it was, you know, not your your usual day in the office. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Could you imagine someone in the next stall? No, that's not too, that's not big enough. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Next question. If you had to write a story or a show around me, what would that look like? Oh my God, fierce, fierce, inspirational. I mean, look, there's a version of Sex Life, you know, our spinoff that's that's you, Savage Sex Life, you know. Sign me up, um, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it would be very funny too, very funny. You know, we put in little things here and there in our show, you know, just sort of cut the drama. But I just feel like your comedy is, is so front and center of who you are, which is so wonderful. So that would be fun to follow as well. All right. We have to make that one happen. I like that. A little sex. Okay. I was going to say a little sex. A lot of sex. A little funny. <laughs> and some life. Yeah. And life. I mean, I guess that's like, you know, it's in there somewhere. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. If you were not a writer or producer, what would you, would you be doing? Well, look, when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be an astronaut. Okay. And I, in high school, I was a little nerdy and I, I won this competition where you come up with an experiment to put on the space shuttle. This is back when the space shuttle was going up. And, um, and I got to go down to the Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland and present my paper to, um, to NASA. Now I will say, because clearly these kinds of themes of the show have been in my blood for a long time. The experiment that I was pitching them was whether you could have a baby in space. And it was a way to see like, would like the embryo develop um, properly. But like the step back from that, when they were like design an experiment, I, it did start with what happens if you have sex in space. And then I was like, well, how can we have an experiment i'm pitching nasa from this and then it went to like oh yeah a baby would the baby develop uh uh normally but but i i'm fascinated with space there's an elon musk um joke in season two like i we i just am fascinated with spacex you know and and the new frontier or whatever so that that would be a total dream i mean stacy's in school like with these major projects, I'm like smelling my scratch and stiff sticker. Like, <laughs> that I get the grape one? <laughs> I love it, Stacey. Aww. I love it. <laughs> All right. Something you wish that you could take back. Oh, man. Uh, well, I will say there was a boyfriend in high school who I then dated a little bit into college who I I. I didn't treat as well as I would have liked to have treated, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was a little bit uh, boy crazy when I got to college. And so I wasn't so good at keeping a long distance relationship going. And, but I strung him along a little bit and, you know, he has a really special place in my heart. And I, I feel, I feel really bad about how I treated him. And do you want to give initials? And this is like your public apology. No, no. Does he know? Do you think he'll, if he's hearing this right now, do you think he would know? I'm horrified. If he's hearing it right now, he's probably like, stop it. Stop (laughs) hugging on me. Like, stop trying to reach out. Stop trying to be friends on social media, whatever. Leave me 
the F alone. <laughs> it's probably okay. So, Stacy, we are going to allow this to be your apology. Don't carry that any longer. Oh my god, you're good. I just, yeah, I just know. I know. Aww. I know what I did, and I'm smarter now, and I wouldn't do the same thing again. And and he's an amazing, amazing guy. And, and he, I want ladies and gentlemen, is the character. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No. I, I won't ask. I won't. We won't confirm. He, or came, he came before the Brads that were the real Brads. Ah, before all that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, is there anything else coming out that you would like to tell people about? Um, I'm working on a new script for Netflix that I'm not supposed to talk about, um, but it also explores similar themes about women and love and life. And I'm very excited about that. And, um, you know, we'll see if there's a season three of Sex Life. That would be great. Well, give me those numbers. The Savage Fam will help you. We will take care of you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Stacy. I really enjoyed. I'd love to have you back on after season three. Sure. I'd love to have okay. you back on. <laughs> or, and the new there. thing. Yep, and your new project that we're not going to talk about. I, I really, really enjoyed having you on here. I love what you stand for. I just adore you and think that you are helping not just a few, but the masses get back in touch with just getting back alive again and not suppressing everything. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you for coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It was a joy. Yay. Well, that's a wrap for us. Make sure you guys are subscribing and following and never missing an episode. We're out. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.